You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. You know what? I just need to applaud God and applaud everyone. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord together this morning. For those of you joining us on live stream, welcome. We love you. We miss you, but we understand some of you are out of town. Some of you are not feeling the greatest, but uh, you are part of our family, and and we love you. We love you. We love you. I want to take a few minutes just to kind of, especially those of you who are visiting, um, how many of you are visiting for the first or second time here at Elevation Community Church? Just raise your hands. Woo! It's awesome. It's awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We would love to meet you and connect with you. There are welcome cards or connect cards, we call them, in the chair flap in front of you. You can turn that in at the Welcome Center after the service, and we have a free gift uh, just to say thank you for filling that out. And then we're, we're just going to contact you and uh, uh, send you some emails on what's going on. So thank you so much for visiting us. Uh, but we just want to let you know, here at Elevation Community Church, our vision has not been more clear to us than in this season. As you experience the Good Friday experience and everything that we're doing, our vision is this. We want to see real life change. Can you say those three words with me? Real life change. Ready? One, two, three. Real life change. That's what we long to see. And it's through two things that we really focus on here at Elevation Community Church. The first thing is worship encounters, we call them. Any space that we create for people to gather and encounter God is called a holy moment. It's called a worship encounter. And we want to do those. And we also then focus on real disciple making. Another three words. Would you say those three words with me? Real disciple making. Ready? One, two, three. Real disciple making. Yeah. That's what we long to do. By the way, guys, it's so awesome to have the front row filled. So often I feel like I'm just talking to John, Bob, Sharon, and Kelly that I make up in my mind, you know? So it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Back to our vision. Uh, In two Sundays, we have uh, the first Sunday of every month called Encounter Worship. We just do more and more of what we just did. And we, we pray. We take time to pray. We take time for communion. And it's just a special time for worship. So we'd love to invite you uh, out to that. There is uh, any, any uh, motorcycle riders in the building today? Few of you. Welcome. Hey, it's so exciting to see the warm weather. Um, and uh, we have a bike blessing. Blessings of the bike. It's uh, through a shield of faith motorcycle ministry, and it's going to be here next Saturday. So we would love to have you. If you'd like to just come and be a part of it or even help, please just show up. We'd love to have you. The next worship encounter that we'd like to invite you to is called a night of worship. A night of worship, May 6th, Friday, May 6th, right here. We're going to worship together, and it's going to be amazing. So we would love to invite you to that. Uh, as I said, we like to, um, we want to focus as well on disciple making, real disciple making. So we are doing something we've never done before. We are launching what we call discovery groups. 
discovery groups. Can you say discovery groups? Discovery groups. And uh, uh, this is starting this coming week. And uh, we're so excited about it. This is for anybody who wants to grow in their faith. Anybody who wants to discover God, discover his word, discover what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus, discover what it looks like to surrender your life to the Holy Spirit. And so this is for anybody who wants to discover God together. And we've got about four, three to four groups that are going to start this coming week. We would love for you to sign up in the lobby. There's a table right by the Welcome Center, and we'd love to get you connected. Now, later on in the fall, starting in August, we're going to start our official small group process called Real Life Groups. But for now, we wanted to create a time where people can connect together and grow together. So we're so excited uh, to connect you all to Discovery Groups. If you can't make a week or uh, you have some conflicts, sign up anyways and the leader will get a hold of you and work those details out. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for every single person in this place, every single person joining and watching. But more importantly, thank you for the gospel message, the good news that we've experienced. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. How many of you, by the show of hands, we're able to either serve or come to the walkthrough experience. Yeah. I just, uh, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. For those of you who don't know, God put on my heart in 1998 to lead a movement that was focused on creative worship, bringing real life change. There's those three words, real life change to thousands. And so I've made it my life mission to stay obedient to that call. And who would have thought that it would be walkthroughs in a building, creating experiences for people. And so I just wanna say thank you to every single person who served and supported, every single person who interceded and led uh, by prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't even begin to thank everyone, but I do need to thank my production team. These are the people who made it happen. Ernie Merke uh, was the production manager. He brought it, he was the glue uh, this weekend. Uh, Daphne and Josh, um, 16 years old and 18 years old. And they have served hours upon hours upon hours for this experience. Veronica Grable, who did all the recruiting, we just wanna thank you. And Zeke the Beast, I call him Zeke the Beast. He, man, wow. Mary Beisline and Warren Beisline, they helped with that, uh, with all the production team, Ashley with the prayer team, uh, Tara Merke and Danielle and Tiffany Miller. And I know I'm gonna be forgetting a lot of other people, all the guides. Man, weren't our guides, our actors amazing? They were amazing. Joe, Eric, Kevin, Brian, Elliot, our staff member, man, what a, he was the perfect Simon Peter. I mean, he was perfect. Jim Bailey as Judas, and we had uh, John Kendrick and Lee Sandlin from Sugar Tree Ministries in Wilmington and Phil Sr., and we had all of our ushers, and again, 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 thank you. But most importantly, thank you to the Holy Spirit for bringing it alive to the hearts of people. If you, don't, if you get a chance, you definitely want to check out Facebook of the picture of Jesus' back 
that was in the whipping section and about 532 stripes on his back representing the 532 people who went through. It's amazing. God is so good of drawing people to his heart. So if you have your Bibles with you or your phones with a Bible app, by the way, if you don't, maybe you, you've never uh, downloaded a Bible app on your phone, just put, go to the app store and put a uh, Bible app. And the best one that I have found is called YouVersion. YouVersion by Life Church. Check that out. And you can uh, find a translation that works for you. Um, but we're going to turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Just give you a second to turn there if you have your Bibles with you. I want you to pay close attention because words matter, don't they? Words matter? Yeah. So here we go. But on the first day of the week, this after Jesus died on the cross, was placed in a tomb. At early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone unmoved, sealing the tomb. And when they found when it, and when they went in. They found the dead body of the Lord Jesus. They were perplexed by this. Behold, and they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground and cried out to God. Why should we seek the living among the dead? He's still here. He's not risen. Remember God how you told us while he was still in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? He's still here. What are we going to do? And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 disciples and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and, and Joanna and Mary and the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. This is exactly what they expected in their unbelief. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in. He saw Jesus lying there, dead and decaying. Peter went home devastated by what happened. The title of today's message is If There Was No Resurrection. Because, friends, we live in a country of about 80% of the citizens proclaimed to be Christians, and yet they live their lives like there is no resurrection. They live their lives like Jesus is still in the tomb. You see, if there's no resurrection, friends, there is no purpose. I know, Easter message you came to hear this morning. So many people believe that Jesus is just a story. It's just a pagan holiday. We celebrate. But if Jesus is still in the tomb, because historically, I'm just going to tell you, historically, 
Jesus was who he said he was, and he was on this earth. And he did have 12 disciples, and he did heal, and he did die, and he was put in a tomb. Historically proven, a fact. But what you do with the tomb and the body of Jesus in that tomb changes everything for your life now and for all eternity. But if there's no resurrection, there is no purpose in life. There's no purpose. Success means nothing. No real sense of significance. You think anxiety and depression is bad now? You think suicide's a problem? Start fixing your thoughts on the resurrection of Jesus not happening. There's no purpose and no meaning to move on. This will speak to some of you. There'll be no purpose to your pain. Some of you have experienced excruciating pain, infirmity, sickness, loss, depression, loneliness, anxiety, PTSD, relational strife, miscarriage, divorce. And if there's no resurrection, there's no purpose to that pain. If there's no resurrection, there's no real purpose for loving others except personal gain. And we'd all be out for ourselves and no one else. And we would continue, we, we, we would destroy one another. If there was no, no resurrection, there would be no purpose for living. No reason to get up in the morning and no reason to hope to wake up from when you lay your head on the pillow. If there was no resurrection, number two, there'd be no life. You see, friends, the biggest lie, the biggest lie to all humanity is this is the life and the only life there is. That the physical world is all that there is. You see, friends, if you understand the spiritual world. You understand that the spiritual existed before the natural. The spiritual is more real than anything we could experience in the natural. And some people even believe that the spiritual and the natural exist together and are connected. We just don't see it in our spiritual eyes. But what we need to understand, and scripture tells us this, that if there is no resurrection, there is no life. You are dead. You are dead men and dead women walking. You have grave clothes on. There is nothing within you that can produce any good. There's nothing in you that can cover for the sin and sin's curse in this world. You are screwed. You have no heartbeat. You are dead, living in this temporal world, consuming its pleasures that will once and for all fade away. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15 says this, you were dead because of your sin. Not 1 Corinthians, sorry, Colossians, next one. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not cut away. You're dead. You're aliens, dead. (laughs) You are children of wrath. You are hostile towards God. You are helpless and you are broken. So because of the the resurrection never happening, there's no purpose. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians, Lori, if you don't mind. If Christ was not raised, the apostle Paul, then our preaching is useless. The beatings, the imprisonment, the persecution, going to church is useless. If there is no resurrection and there's no purpose for our pain. If there's no resurrection, there's no purpose. If there's no resurrection, there's no life. And if there's no resurrection, there is no hope for life after this. No hope. No hope for a future. in the presence of the Almighty, in a place where there's paradise. If there's no resurrection, then Revelation chapter 21, verse four is dead. He will wipe away every tear. That's not gonna happen if there's no resurrection. And death shall be no more. No, there's death because of sin. If there's no resurrection, there is no payment for sin. No conquering defeat from sin. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. If there's no resurrection, we will not experience any of that. There's no hope. There's no remedy for forgiveness. There's no remedy for broken things to be restored. No forgiveness, no grace, no mercy, no promising future. And our E-Kids and Bridge director, Michael Miller, for the last several years, he's been writing a book based on experiences and a lot of his journaling of what he went through. And this is, uh, he wrote this before he uh, came to Elevation Community Church, but this was in the lowest, the lowest valley of his life. And if there's no resurrection, I want you to hear these words. I've spent my entire life preparing to serve. Can you show that quote, please? Should be in there. It is, I promise. It says Michael Miller on the bottom. <laughs> I've spent my entire life. How about we just listen? <laughs> I've spent my entire life preparing to serve full-time in ministry. And what if there's no God? 
What a cosmic joke. If I die, does it even matter? If there's no hell and there's no God, then there's no heaven, right? If there is an eternity in the balance, then this is all there is. And this sucks. Life sucks. A hundred years from now, what will people remember about me? Nothing. I don't matter. Nobody cares. In the scope of the universe and billions of years, the earth is a speck of sand. One moment we are here and the next moment we are not. Nothing matters. The greatest men will one day be forgotten as the earth crashes into the sun or freezes over as the sun dies. My death is eventual. So why not today? If there's no resurrection, friends, there's no purpose, there's no life, and there's no hope. And millions of people right now are living their lives just like that, with no purpose, no life, and no hope. But here's the DR. Here's the deal. That's not how the story goes. Friends, that's not how the story goes. Let's read Luke chapter 24. Verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of Jesus. He was gone. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men, two angels stood in them, stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living? Among the dead? He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Remember how he told you that while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must deliver into the hands of simple men and be crucified, and on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter, Peter rose, and he ran to the tomb, stooping in and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves folded up. And he went home marveling at what happened. Watch this video. Yes, Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the dead and that day, that Easter Sunday morning, that first Easter, when Mary and Mary Magdalene and Salome went to the grave expecting to anoint a dead body. They saw the angel sitting there. 
And they said, where is Jesus? The angel said, he is not here, he is risen. I submit to you tonight that that's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He is not here. He has conquered the grave. He's alive. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that there's more proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead than almost any other fact in Roman history. I don't believe there's a fact in ancient history today so well proven as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But even if there was no proof, no historical proof, no scientific proof, and there is, I would still believe it because I believe this book is God's inspired word and the whole early church went up and down the country preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the thing that shook the Roman Empire. That a man had risen from the dead. That he was alive. That death could not hold him. Christ is alive. He's a living Savior. was raised from the dead, then that has huge implications for you and me. If Jesus rose from the dead, that means that Jesus is who he said he was. The Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Healer, the merciful one, the one who died for our sins to set us free. That is what we celebrate on Easter celebration. But friends, people who have heard and even experienced the good news of the resurrection, they're still living without purpose, life, and hope. This is worse than cancer. This is worse than losing a loved one. This is worse than anything we could ever imagine. It's because if someone does not know Jesus, the risen Savior, and does not have forgiveness for their sin, they are dead. No life, no hope, no purpose. But my favorite words in the Bible is but God. Don't let sin, don't let hopelessness, don't let a lack of purpose keep you from understanding but God who loved us with an everlasting love sent his one and only son to take our place and die our sinner's death, be placed into the grave, conquering grave, the grave, hell, and all of sin for us. And so now because of the resurrection, friends, we can have purpose. The only purpose in life comes from the resurrection. Colossians 3 says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Your purpose is to know your creator. Your purpose is to become like Jesus. That's your purpose. 
Your purpose is to live and breathe for Jesus. Your purpose is designed to be a temple of the living God for worship. What is worship? It's responding to the greatness of God. It's declaring the goodness of the kingdom of God. It's worshiping Jesus for who he is. Ephesians chapter 2 says, For by grace you've been saved. What is grace? Undeserved favor. Because of the resurrection, there is favor that you and I do not deserve. And yet it's freely given. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one will boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. When God, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We have a purpose. Our purpose is to know our creator, to look like and become like our creator, Jesus Christ, to worship him as living sacrifices, temples of God. And we see here is to be his workmanship for good works that reflect God. And lastly, of our purpose is Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus is saying this after he resurrected and after, or, or right before he is going to ascend into the heavens to sit on the right hand of the throne of God until he hears his father at one point, one moment in time that's coming. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of one. When God says, go get my children, it's time to make all the wrong things right and to make all the dark things light. That's what's going to happen. But Jesus says, but I have been given all authority because he died and he rose again. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Purpose. Go and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching these things. And the new disciples to obey all of the commands in which I've given you. And be sure of this. I am with you. Always. Even to the ends of the age. How is he with us always? Well, let me tell you, on the third day before the stone was rolled away, the same power of God that raised Jesus's dead body to life is the very same power that enters a person's spirit when they say yes to Jesus. That same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in those who confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and those who believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, they will be saved. That's where purpose comes from. And because of the resurrection, we have life. We have life, Colossians 3. I've read this before, kind of to trick you a little bit. But it says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God, or but God, 
made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, this is good news. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over the cross. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, when you confess that Jesus is who he said he was and you receive it in your heart, the Holy Spirit brings you new life. Jesus said you cannot come to the Father in heaven unless you are born of the Spirit. Born again. Friends, I don't have all the answers. I can't even tell you how it really works. But I will tell you, because this world is temporal and the spiritual is eternal, the spiritual is what matters. And in order to be able to once again have a relationship with God, have purpose, have life, and have hope, it's only through Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, something happens within us in our spirit, and it's called real life change. It is the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you because you said yes to Jesus. If you've said yes to Jesus and there has been no change, I would love to talk to you because the Bible says you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. There has to be a shift and a change, but that's for another message. Lastly, because of the resurrection, we can have hope. Friends, this is the one thing people are searching for. This is the one thing people are clinging with their very last breath to, is hope. Hope is not seen. We don't hope in the things we see. We hope in the things that are to come, that we know to be true, that we haven't seen yet. First Peter chapter one says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There it is. From the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last days. In this, in this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the testing, the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's purpose for your pain. There is purpose for your trials. There is purpose for your loss. It's to make you more dependent and trusting in 
Jesus Christ, to make you know him more and to grow into his likeness. Now see him, you believe in him, excuse me, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And so my question for you as the band comes up this Easter Sunday, and I am not just talking to people who are guests here or people maybe you haven't visited a church in a long time. I'm not even talking right now exactly to the people who don't know this. I am talking to every single person who can hear my voice. What will you do with the resurrection of Jesus? How will you respond to the empty tomb? Because here's the deal. There are people right now beside you, in front of you, and behind you that have never experienced purpose, life, and hope because of the resurrection, because they've never said yes to Jesus. Friends, this is the most important moment of your entire life. If you do anything today, ask yourself, what will happen to me when I leave this earthly body and I face the eternal? I remember when I was seven years old and I was contemplating salvation. I was talking to my mom and I was on the couch. I remember it as if it was yesterday. And I said, Mom, how can you be sure that Jesus rose from the dead? How can you be sure that all this is true? She said, son, if it's not, you haven't lost anything. You really haven't lost anything. We die into the ground and we fade and become a firefly or something incarnated and we just really cease to exist. Our life was lived well. But son, if it is true and you don't believe it and you don't receive it, you've lost everything. Don't be lied to. Your good works and your good looks and you loving people and you voting for the right person and you going to church every Sunday, not missing a Sunday, some of those people are going to get into the eternal home and God's going to say, I never, I never knew you. Depart from me. Friends, we have the most incredible opportunity to know our creator. But in order to know our creator, we must say yes to him. And we must believe with our hearts and we must die to our sinful selves and be resurrected into Christ. All you have to do, you don't have to say this crazy, ridiculous, eloquent prayer. Just, Jesus, save me. I need you. I'm done living my life on my own. I can't do this anymore. Come and change me. Give me purpose. Give me life and give me hope. You will be saved.
second group. You remember going to the altar when you were seven years old or seven years ago or seven months ago or maybe seven weeks ago. But you are still living as if there's no resurrection. You're living your life without purpose. You're living your life without hope and without life. And yet you said yes to Jesus. You had that experience. But it's like you're dragging your dead body and your grave clothes around you. Enough is enough, friends. You have been set free by Christ Jesus. Why don't you live it? But you got to let go of the things that are dead. You got to let go of the things that don't glorify and please God. You got to die to your selfish ways so that you can take what Jesus has to give you. When you're living your life like there's no resurrection, you are leading others to hell. Because when you live your life like there's no resurrection, they will follow you. And so friends, in that category, it's time to let the grave clothes come off. It's time to resurrect in Christ. It's time to come alive. It's time to live as Christ. It's time to take up the mind of Christ. It's time to start walking in truth and speaking truth. And there's a third category. Those who are living the resurrection in their life. They're filled with the Spirit. They're walking in truth. You know who you are. You are called to be light. You are called to be a city on a hill. Start letting that light shine. Don't wait for the preacher on Sunday to give the message. Start preaching to anyone who will listen. Start living your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching to obey all that Jesus has given us. So how will you respond to the resurrection? It makes a difference for this life. And it makes the entire difference for the life coming. Will you stand? We're going to worship to this new song that has hope for those who have said yes to Jesus. There is a homecoming on its way. And because of the empty tomb, everyone who says yes to Jesus can be a part of that homecoming. Let's see. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.